This is Fire Rescue One Side Alpha Podcast, putting fire service leaders in front of hot topics facing firefighters today. Now here's the executive editor of FireRescueOne.com and FireChief.com, Chief Mark Bashore. As part of our continuing coverage of the COVID-19 crisis, today we'll be talking with Chief Ralph Terrazas. He is the chief of the City of Los Angeles Fire Department, where he served for 37 years, uh, over six of those as chief. Before we get started, let's hear a word from our sponsor. This episode of the Side Alpha Podcast is sponsored by EF Johnson, a JVC Kenwood company. As a leader in mission critical communications for more than 90 years, we have made it our mission to make safe simple. We're back with the City of Los Angeles Fire Chief Ralph Terrazas. Chief, thanks for joining us today. Well, thanks for having me, Mark. I appreciate the invitation. Outstanding. And, you know, I want to uh, acknowledge that the, the city of Los Angeles in general, that area has been struck pretty hard by the COVID crisis. Uh, and, and Chief, I think you'll agree with me. It's a roller coaster we've been on in the fire service, especially in any of the emergency services. I dare say, uh, unlike anything I've seen in my 40 years. Uh, so I've got a brother living out there. I know it's a huge area and and really, my most important question for you is, how are your members doing, uh, specifically with the COVID cases? Well, thank you. I appreciate uh, your uh, sentiments there. Uh, we have had a difficult time in the last few months. Uh, good news is that uh, uh, the region is actually experiencing a reduction in the number of people testing positive. Uh, as far as our department, uh, we have 3,500 firefighters approximately, and uh, since last March, we have 870 of them have tested positive. So uh, 870, most of those have returned to duty. We have had two uh, fatalities. Wow. And uh, the two that we lost were relatively young men in, in good health. So it was quite a quite a shock to our department. Um, the uh, The good news is that since we started vaccinating on December 28th uh, of uh, last year, we saw a significant reduction in the number of our firefighters testing positive. And now the daily rate, we it's uh, less than one person per day is testing positive. And as we speak, we have. Uh, five people in isolation, and about a month ago, we had 220 people in isolation. Wow. So you can tell it's been a dramatic drop. Yeah, no, really. And and seeing that drop, it, it if you want to expand on that, is it continuing to drop? Does it look like it's a pretty steady decline now? We're in a, in a good position, if you will, if there's such a thing as that? Well, in the region, I look at the data every day from L.A. County, and uh, the numbers are coming down, mm-hmm. and our department is reflecting that reduction. Good. Um, as we speak, uh, 55% of our department has been vaccinated with at least one dose. Oh, outstanding. So that uh, you know that issue of um, the uh, fire departments receiving vaccinations has been kind of a hot topic in the fire service. And um, I have read 
from some of the reporting we've done on Fire Rescue One and uh, as articles that I've seen where some fire departments, uh, no members at all want the um, want the vaccine. There's a, a lack of trust or a lack of leadership, depending on how you look at it. I know it's a pretty touchy subject. So um, I know that your department, uh, from what I've read, tried to incentivize members um, that a step I suppose some may have considered controversial. Um, and frankly, you know, for me, it it's it's pretty sad uh, culturally to me that we would have to incentivize people to protect themselves. So I, I don't know uh, if we can talk a little bit about that and, you know, how what what your stance is on that and, and how that has gone for your department. Yeah, absolutely, Mark. Uh, before the vaccines arrived, um, we um, had created a strategy, and it, it consisted, and it still consists of three areas. Number one is educate, number two is influence, and number three is incentivize. Um, and I shared that with the local media, but the only thing that got into the paper was the uh, incentivizing. Isn't that always the case? Yeah. So, you know, it's... Um, I don't think it, it's not that unique. Um, let me start with education, though. Yeah. Uh, once or twice a week, I craft a message from me and I send it to all 106 fire stations and other work locations. I want and I've done that for seven years. and I did that throughout my career to all my um, subordinate people. Uh, but what I've done the last few uh, months has been to concentrate on sending factual scientific data uh, that may be information from CDC or, or uh, Mayo Clinic or some other recognized authority uh, so we continue to educate and uh, the data is pretty compelling we're, we're uh, vaccinating using the Moderna vaccine which has a 94 uh, percent success rate we have not had any uh, significant adverse reactions to the members we have vaccinated. So I've been absolutely transparent with the data. I, I share uh, graphs and charts to show how it, it is uh, working. And one of the charts I recently sent out was uh, the drastic reduction uh, of members testing positive after we started vaccinating. So that's the education piece. The second piece is influencing. Uh, myself and my two union presidents, we went and all got vaccinated on the same day. Uh, we filmed, uh, filmed it on video and, and then I sent it out to the stations. I wanted them to know that, that I'm taking it. And uh, recently, last week, former Governor Schwarzenegger uh, came through our site at Dodger Stadium. It was uh, unexpected. But we recognized uh, the, the former governor, and he was kind enough to let uh, the news team that just happened to be there film him getting vaccinated. I saw that. So we got that clip, and we posted it, and we sent it out. Um, the third area is to incentivize. And it's what the city does to encourage people to get flu vaccinations or to do blood donations. Uh, I got the idea of waiting for an elevator because there was a poster of uh, raffle prizes for flu shots. Hmm. So, so our strategy has been three pronged. It's been uh, uh, it was uh, decided before we even got the vaccine. We're continuing to do it. We'll continue to do it for the next several weeks and months. Um, 
And and to I really don't care what works. My goal is to get the most people to willingly take the vaccine, whether it's the data that works or it's the influencing or it's raffles. It doesn't matter to me. The bottom line is to maximize the number of firefighters who get vaccinated. Yeah, absolutely. So in LAFD, how has the distribution worked both? Um, it, it, I guess it's a two-pronged question. One, have you had essentially closed pods where it's just uh, your emergency services folks? And have your folks been part of the distribution process? Yeah, great question. Since March of last year, when Mayor Garcetti decided that uh, he wanted to start testing people in our city, uh, we don't have a public health department. So because we don't, uh, the closest thing we have is the fire department. And um, we have good experience in standing up um, uh, brush camps for long-term brush fires. We're very good logistically, and we, we're very good at execution. So actually, since last March, we have tested almost 4 million people. And in the last few weeks so far, we've vaccinated over 200,000 people. And we do that by utilizing several sites throughout the city that are supported by the firefighters from the LAFD in cooperation with um, uh, civilian uh, volunteer groups like CORE. Civilians Organized for Relief Efforts. That's the uh, organization headed by the actor Sean Penn. Hmm. Uh, so we ha literally have every day uh, about 700 core employees supported by about 120 LAFD members at multiple sites throughout the city. So you have 700 LAFD employees that are working the pod sites throughout the city. 700 core civilian employees supported by a little over 100 LAFD firefighters. Wow. Yeah. Now that's a, a great effort. So there you got 800 of your, um, you know, 800 employees that are helping the community uh, get the vaccine and 4 million tested, 200,000 vaccinated. It's a phenomenal effort. And I, uh, I salute you in that. Certainly some tough times that, uh, you're going through and that we're going through. Let's take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, EF Johnson, a JBC Kenwood company. When the mission is critical, no one has time for complexities. Kenwood's Viking FireSafe software enhances communication awareness in a dynamic fire scene environment, allowing firefighters to focus on the mission at hand. We know that you rely on radio communications as your lifeline. That's why Kenwood is committed to providing you high-quality P25 portable and mobile radios that are easy to use. We make safe simple. Visit us online at www.efjohnson.com. We're back with uh, Chief Terrazas. And Chief, before I ask this next question, uh, you mentioned it before, but uh, it, it's absolutely devastating anytime we lose members. And this hideous virus has been uh, front and center in that loss for all of us in the past year. Um, I send my condolences to you and the entire LAFD family uh, for those that uh, are dealing with those losses. So I'm, I, I want to ask how much you actually talk about that with 
um, your members specifically? How, how much do you talk about the ones who didn't survive? Um, and does that come up in the encouragement to uh, firefighters and, and you trying to encourage them to take care and to get the vaccine? Well, thank you for your sentiments. I appreciate that very greatly. Yes, I, I do bring it up um, as part of the education component um, when it occurred. And we, we've had several near misses as well, people who were hospitalized who we thought might not make it. But um, when we lost our two firefighters and we lost one over the summer, we lost one a few weeks ago. Um, my message that week was a tribute to each of them. And I included a picture of, uh, of them in, in their uniform and comments from their close friends on the fire department. And um, Jose Perez, firefighter paramedic Jose Perez, uh, was the, the first person we lost back in summer. And he had told his buddy, a firefighter at uh, the fire station, his close friend, and their last conversation they had before he passed away was, Jose said, tell people it's real. Uh, he, he thought it was a hoax. And his message to his buddy was to tell people it's real. And in that same conversation, he asked his buddy, please um, jump on the trampoline with my daughters because I won't be able to do that. Mm. So, um, you know, my my intent is to educate and is to honor uh, Jose Perez with that message. And then jo George Roque was the one we recently lost. Uh, honor their memory, respect them, provide everything we can for their families and to uh, influence our firefighters to get vaccinated. It's a uh, that is your protection. We deal with uh, risk versus gain decisions every day. And I've asked our firefighters to perform their own individual risk versus gain analysis about whether you should take it or not. So that's where we're at. Um, um, uh, they're never far from my mind. Every time I'm dealing with a COVID topic, it's, it's critically important that we don't forget. Yeah, that's some tough stuff there. And telling your buddy to go jump on the trampoline with his daughter, uh, it's real. I feel like I could uh, do a complete podcast just on that exchange. So I appreciate you sharing that and uh, hope that everybody listening continues to take this thing seriously. Can you, if you can go back for a second to talk about uh, the process that you explained of the fire department essentially taking the lead uh, with that with not having a public health agency per se can you walk us through the lafd's response to the virus uh, first at the department level how protocols began to change and then getting that buy-in for the mask or uh, not wearing the mask and you know all the things that i think we all faced in the beginning like you said the uh, firefighter perez said uh, he thought it was a hoax a lot of folks um, ha had that kind of outlook in the beginning. Can you walk us through that from from A to Z as best you can at the department level? Certainly. Uh, when Mayor Garcetti made the decision back in uh, March to start testing, um, if you remember back then, there was a lot of hesitancy because people were very fearful 
about contracting the disease. So this was a Sunday conference call, and he wanted the mayor wanted to start uh, the next day, and I told him we're on it. Um, I didn't know how we were going to do it, but I knew that uh, our people would make it happen. So my first call was to my firefighter union president, who I'd worked with many years before as a captain. I was a captain. He was a firefighter. And um, his name is Pre uh, Freddie Escobar. He's been fantastic. Uh, I, I told him that we had a mission, and uh, uh, our mission is to protect lives and property. This is a little bit different. It's not a fire. Um, it's not a heart attack. It's a pandemic. And uh, he immediately said, um, uh, he's in. So the next day, him and I um, started administering tests here at uh, our property near UCLA. And the intent, and we videotaped that, and the intent was to educate our people that there's nothing to be afraid of if you're wearing full, full PPEs. So from that one location, we, we've grown to 14 locations throughout the city of Los Angeles and have transitioned some of those testing locations to vaccinating locations. Uh, in terms of protocols uh, on our uh, daily call load, we, we average 1,350 calls every 24 hours, and we average 600 transports to the hospital every 24 hours. So uh, we just reiterated uh, basic uh, universal precaution protocols. You wear full PPEs, you know, um, goggles, uh, face coverings, uh, gloves, gown. And uh, we videotaped a lot of these things. And we were sending out three video uh, videos a week from me about what my expectation was, what they would wear. And we learned some simple things that you wouldn't think of otherwise. But um, now we've adopted the protocol where one person fully suits up and makes patient contact. And the other three people on an engine company uh, stand back uh, because we did. We were burning through so many PPEs. It was one way to reduce that burnout rate. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. was our calls. Uh, station protocols, we mandated uh, twice a day temperature checks, uh, twice a day station and apparatus wipe downs. Um, very strict protocol. If you uh, were over 100.4 degrees, you went home sick. Uh, and those things continue to this day. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, you describe a lot of the things that I, you know, I'm, I'm stretching back and thinking of the things we did, of course, on a much smaller scale where I'm at down here in Florida and uh, very, very similar in all the approaches you just described. Uh, so, um, you know, it's good to hear from the uh, the left coast, as I call it, that uh, the folks here on the right coast are uh, doing some of the same exact things and that that's good to hear we're uh, in tandem if you will just at a different level how many uh chief if you don't mind you said 1300 calls a day 600 transports just can you give our folks a sense on the uh, um, number of units that you have at any given time that would be transporting those those people they are laf lafd assets or is that third-party uh service no, those are our firefighters that are firefighter paramedics. Okay. We have, uh, yeah, well over 100 uh, rescue ambulances, uh, 42 trucks, um, yeah, 106 engines, uh, five boats, six helicopters, all kinds of uh, resources. And that, I think that makes this unusual and unique 
Um, if we have a huge brush fire, I, I staff engines and I shut down ambulances. But in this case, I've been shutting down trucks and staffing ambulances for the pandemic, for the need to transport. Yeah. So we're very flexible on our deployment uh, capability. Yeah, I think that's uh, that's a pretty unique piece there. Um, uh, literally shutting down ladder trucks uh, to be able to put more ambulances on the street to handle the community volume. And it's great, uh, you know, the agility that you've got with the staff and the union cooperation, it sounds like, to be able to get that done. So I applaud you, um, you. In, in your efforts to get that done. So as uh, we think about those on the front lines and, you know, as those folks are transitioning, and I, I especially think of the ones that would be transitioning from a truck company that probably haven't been on a ambulance in a while, uh, as they are transitioning that and they're facing that front lines, um, how have they been dealing with, other than the full PPE, um, how have they been dealing with it? Have they uh, pretty much, as a staff, pretty much just uh, gone with the punches here? Are they, they, they fully in and, uh, and you folks are rolling with it? Yeah, well, you know, firefighters are resilient. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, terrible things that firefighters see and experience. And uh, seven years ago, when I was appointed fire chief, I knew that we had a big void with our mental health program. Uh, we had a very, uh, very poor in terms of, of uh, staffing. Uh, and for the first five years, I was averaging one suicide per year. Mm. And, uh, I wasn't our department wasn't unique. There was uh, many departments experiencing the same or worse uh, rate of suicides. So that was one of my uh, uh, critical elements of the strategic plan that I developed uh, back then. And um, I'm happy to say now we have uh, two uh, fire psychologists employed by the LAFD and we have two fire psychologists that are employed by the uh, firefighters union. And all four of the, of the uh, mental health professionals uh, create a team. Our peer support program is well over 140 people, and um, and our trend is has been accelerating in terms of our firefighters seeking counseling. And I meet with the fire psychologist quarterly so I can learn about trends and figure out solutions to deal with the trends. Uh, just yesterday, I was introduced to our first ever therapy dog, Teddy, mm. and um, I didn't know much about the program, but uh, I'm willing to try anything that may help our people. And I have gotten some very positive feedback about uh, having Teddy and what Teddy can do uh, for our firefighters who are experiencing uh, mental uh, stress. Teddy, the therapy dog, that is a phenomenal piece there. And uh, I'd love to uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to spread that kind of message throughout the fire departments across the country, because I haven't met a firefighter yet uh, who couldn't spend a little bit of time with a dog. And for that dog to be trained as uh, a therapy animal is uh, phenomenal. So I appreciate you uh, again taking care of your folks, our folks um, by taking that extra step forward with their mental health uh, and, and mental toughness, making sure that they can get the job done. Um, how about the community? The community been receptive to 
the entire process of the fire department involved in both the testing and the vaccinations? Yeah, I would say so. I was out at Dodger Stadium last week. Uh, um, all EMTs can now, our, our scope of practice was expanded to allow us to do the vaccination. Uh, all 3,500 members of our department are either an EMT or a paramedic. So I, I took the online training, which took 30 minutes, and then went out there. And, and I, I plan on going out there on a regular basis and to uh, view the process, to, to get feedback, to uh, give vaccinations. And I was out there with uh, Mayor Garcetti last week. He was out there four days. And, um, you know, it's a tremendous feeling of uh, uh, gratitude that uh, people coming through because they stay in their cars. And, and we have a capacity of 12,000 people every day at Dodger Stadium. We're mm -hmm. only limited by the vaccine supply. Sure. Um, but I'll tell you, very emotional people. They're, they're uh, sometimes tears in their eyes after we give them the shot. They're so thankful, so grateful, so relieved. And we're happy. We're happy to stand up and fill that void to protect lives and property in the city of Los Angeles. Absolutely. And I, again, I applaud you and uh, your folks for uh, being out in front and leading that process. So what's next for LAF, uh, LAFD in terms of pushing through the pandemic and um, looking towards a return to normalcy? Yeah, good question. Um, Right before I jumped on this call, I uh, uh, was finalizing some plans to expand our network of uh, vaccination sites. Um, what's next is to optimize the delivery of vaccines, get more shots in arms. Uh, we, there's 10 million people in LA County. Uh, there's 4 million people in LA City. And uh, the faster we can get shots in arms, the faster we're going to get through this pandemic and return to some sense of normalcy. So that is my immediate uh, agenda, is to continue to build on our infrastructure and get more people vaccinated. We're pretty good at the mega sites, and now we're being more surgical. Now we're having uh, mobile vaccination teams go into those areas of the city where they don't have access to a car or they're elderly. Um, and I was uh, in South L.A. yesterday at our, our first test site. And uh, I'll tell you, I was very pleased to see um, uh, the elderly out there that couldn't get to Dodger Stadium. We're literally just at their neighborhood park. So we're, we're expanding that program so we can cover the rest of the city. And I think uh, a month from now, we'll probably have all the pertinent hot zones covered. That's uh, that's fantastic. So your folks are part of or they make up that mobile vaccination team? It's the same people that are doing Dodger Stadium. It's uh, sworn yep. uh, firefighters combined with the core volunteers. And we show up with a trailer uh, with uh, the, the data entry. We need the iPads and we have the syringes and we also do testing at the same time. So we have about a 24-hour turnaround for your test results that get texted to you. So we have a really good system. Um, we've been refining it for the past uh, several months. Many departments are just getting into the vaccination uh, arena. And I'm very proud to say we've been very helpful with our partners throughout the region 
We invite them to Dodger Stadium. We, we mentor them on what not to do. We learn the hard way. And I'll tell you, I'm very proud of the fire service because they are filling the gaps throughout the region. And now in LA County, we have uh, five county mega sites as well as our uh, 14 uh, sites. Not all of our sites are mega sites, but a few are. Yeah, outstanding. Chief, I, I really want to thank you for uh, leading the effort there. I want to thank you for taking time out of your busy schedule uh, to join us here today. I want to recap some, um, some of the points that Chief Terrazas talked about. Uh, specifically, infections in the department are on a decline that mirroring the community. Um, he gave three, a, a three-pronged advice for chiefs who uh, might be struggling with members uh, accepting the vaccine, and that was educate, influence, and incentivize. Uh, some things that may be, uh, in some cases, a little controversial, but at the end of the day, it was about getting shots in arms and uh, getting people to protect themselves and protect their community. He gave personal videos to the troops, uh, sometimes twice a week, sometimes three times a week. Uh, using the agility of the fire department's force, meaning in this case, taking down ladder trucks to be able to increase ambulances to be able to get COVID patients to the hospital. Next, he had mobile vaccination teams um, going out into areas where people couldn't get uh, to those bigger sites. And then finally, uh, the mental health awareness in the department, uh, which over the years, he's, uh, since he's been chief the past almost seven years, uh, trying to reduce that suicide rate, which in the United States, uh, there is a, a firefighter or an EMS professional dies uh, to suicide once every three days. So collectively, we need to find a way to reduce that. Uh, and it is uh, Chief Terrazas and uh, LA City Fire Department are leading that effort there to reduce the suicide rate, even as this COVID uh, stresses our minds and our folks and bringing in a therapy dog along with uh, the um, on-staff psychologist and peer support team some really good stuff going on in Los Angeles. Chief, do you have anything else to add? No, I think we covered a lot. I, I appreciate the invitation to uh, join you for our discussion. I hope we can um, help uh, other fire departments throughout the country. And, um, and we're always uh, ready and willing and able to help our fellow firefighters. So thank you very much. I appreciate it. Outstanding. We appreciate it. And I'll have to get out there to take that helicopter ride. It's only one floor up, right? That's right. Please do. Right. I look forward to it. All right. Outstanding. This is Mark Bashore, executive editor for FireRescue1.com and FireChief.com. Thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Join us on FireRescue1.com for the latest news and information affecting the fire service worldwide. Stay smart, keep safe, and take care.